Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Lots of news today about Israel. Lots of news about the United Nations. Some of the news had to do with Israelis demonstrating at the residence of Prime Minister Netanyahu, critical of his government's not facilitating or otherwise returning the October 7 hostages to their families. Uh, Mr. Netanyahu also spoke about plans for post-Hamas war existence with Palestinians. And uh, a lead news story uh, some of you heard just a few minutes ago, the United Nations says women and children are suffering the most in Gaza. Last weekend, we spoke with uh, Israel's ambassador to Canada, Ambassador Ido Moed, and the beginning of the interview had to do with Prime Minister Trudeau's support, quote-unquote, for Israel in the case brought by South Africa before the International Court of Justice, which is, of course, part of the UN. And uh, South Africa accuses Israel of genocide against Palestinians. Many of the G7 allies of Israel have absolutely refused to accept the premise put forward by um, South Africa. I wish I hadn't used the word premise because that's what Trudeau used. And uh, the ambassador thanked Mr. Trudeau for saying, well, you know, we don't necessarily agree with the premise of South Africa, which was a watered-down response. He should have been more direct in his support for Israel. That's what the ambassador suggested to us. Here we are a week later. And in the interim, Mr. Trudeau has said publicly that Canada will support the eventual decision of the International Court of Justice. There are very many moving parts to this situation. Keep in mind, it all began October the 7th when Hamas terrorists attacked Israel and brutally killed civilians, raped women. You may want to turn your radio off for five seconds here and then shot them in the genitals and murdered babies and um, kidnapped many hostages. Many are still being held by, by Hamas. And for, for those people, and I, I know many people's hearts are in the right place, but if you're calling for a ceasefire, you have to understand and remember, theoretically, there was a ceasefire in place on October the 7th, when Hamas terrorists attacked Israel. Remember, Hamas is a designated terrorist organization by the Canadian government, We're rejoined by uh, Israel's ambassador to Canada, Ambassador Ido Moed. Ambassador, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Roy. So we spoke about this last weekend, and I'm just curious what Israel's message now is to Prime Minister Trudeau concerning Canada's stance on the South African genocide charge against Israel at the International Court of Justice with Mr. Trudeau and his foreign affairs minister saying, we will accept the judgment of the International Court of Justice because that opens up many, many possibilities. So, as I understand, the... uh the message was later corrected, but I think that what is extremely important at this point in time is that we have very uh, clear messages because there, this is not just a, a battle for, for democracy, uh, battling against Hamas in the Middle East. 
the brutal terrorism and so on. It's it, because it's also inflicted upon uh, Palestinians, by the way, as much as on Israelis. But it's because we want to protect international law and order and what South Africa has done in that sense. And this is why it's so important also for Canada. What South Africa has done is turn international law actually upside down. Um, the same message came out also from very prominent Canadians like uh, a retired uh, Supreme Court judge, uh, Judge Bella and Professor Irwin Kotler and others, uh, stating that what South Africa has done is actually accuse the victim of the crimes that the perpetrator uh, inflicted upon it. And, and this is something that we have to stand against as an international community, not just Israel, in its fight against Hamas. That was the message. Ambassador, we talked about this last weekend as well. And uh, I, when I mentioned you were going to be on the program, I received some emails from listeners saying they're finding it terribly difficult to witness the destruction that is evident um, and has been brought against civilians in Gaza who are not Hamas fighters. And, and the person who sent me an email last week, and I mentioned this to you, said surely a world-class military like that of Israel could be more surgical in its attack on Hamas. And now that we have the United Nations saying it's women and children who are suffering the most in Gaza, how, how does your government, how do you respond to those charges? Um, what we're saying is that every victim, any victim, is too many. Any death of a woman, of a child, in Israeli or Palestinian is too many, and we lament that. We, it's not a choice that we've made. We are forced to fight this war. We are fighting a war against a terrorist organization that has managed to embed itself with the most vulnerable in society deliberately because they want to drag Israel into a battle which will create for Israel the most horrendous humanitarian uh, um, dilemmas one can imagine. The war that we are waging right now, I mean, Israel militarily has the power to conquer the Gaza Strip very quickly, but we have to be very careful and do it very meticulously. So we are trying to inform the population of where we are striking, when we are striking. Before that, we inform the population where are the safe places for them to go. We position tanks to uh, protect the movement of the population from one part of the Gaza Strip to another because we know that Hamas is actually blocking them and shooting at them in order for them to stay in harm's way. So it is it is an extremely complicated uh, urban battle, but we have to fight it because if we don't win this war, Hamas will continue to try and kill as many Israelis and destroy the state of Israel. We know that they said it. Yes, they have said it. And they also said in interviews after October the 7th that the Palestinian population was not their problem. The Palestinian, Palestinians are mainly refugees, and they're the problem of the United Nations. Um, Pal um, Hamas leaders said that in interviews they gave after October the 7th. They also said, as you just pointed out, they would continue their attacks on Israel. Now, I'm, I'm looking at messages that are coming forward from international leaders. Some are unequivocal, some like what we've been hearing from Mr. Trudeau and Madame Jolie. Well, they're unclear. Um, it changes from day to day, week to week. And I'm just 
wondering, I'd like your thoughts on this, an unclear message or one which appears to not support Israel, does that not just fuel the genocidal calls against Jews in Canada and globally in those demonstrations we've seen across this country and elsewhere? I agree. I think that it's very difficult to uh, tell the Jewish community here that they have the full eye and tension of the government while the uh, rise of anti-Semitism creates a very different picture. We see the data, we see the information, we talk to people. Uh, if students cannot go to the university because they are afraid, then there is a problem with, I think, what is called academic uh, freedom. If they cannot show pictures of uh, people who've been abducted and been held hostage in the Gaza Strip, 136 of them, uh, then there is a problem. And, and I think that these issues needs to, need to be addressed at all levels because this is part of the, the, the sense that I get from the Jewish community here, that they feel that their concerns and their worries should have enough space to be uh, done in public. And beyond that, of course, the issue of security. So the question is really... Uh, I mean, it, it, it is an internal issue in, in, in Canada, but I do have very often contact with the Jewish community, and I'm aware that they are more concerned about their security. So the question is, is there indeed a relation between that, as you pointed out in your question? And I think there may be, it's very likely that there is some kind of a relation, and that that needs to be addressed. Yeah, it does. And we're talking about, when we talk about the Jewish community in this country, we're talking about multi-generational families who have contributed so much to this country's success and are such an integral part of the fabric of Canada for them now to be terrified in their own country is just unacceptable. Mr. Ambassador, there was a protest at Mr. Netanyahu, your prime minister's personal residence today by Israelis dissatisfied with the government's lack of progress in searching or securing, rather, the release of remaining Hamas hostages. Um, I imagine that is a hugely emotional issue in Israel. Yes, it is. Is it? Is it, is it I, mean, I don't. This is a difficult question, I'm sure. But why is it taking so long? I think it's a question that everybody's asking. Uh, we know that we've been able to uh, secure the safety of uh, almost half of the uh, hostages when we uh, applied enough military pressure on Hamas that they were willing to accept a swap deal. And so that's what that's what we did. And this is actually what we are aiming for uh, again. Um, you know, you may have seen uh, re very recent images that came out of Hanunis uh, of the of the cells, underground cells, where um, children's picture uh, uh, drawings were found of one of the girls that was recently rescued. We know that about uh, 20 hostages were held in that cell uh, with bars. Um, I know somewhere underneath the Hanunis, uh, we are getting on an almost weekly basis videos of hostages that uh, supposedly were killed by Israeli fire. We know that Hamas executes them. So they are playing this psychological war um, at, any, at any given moment very cynically. And so that, of course, is also uh, playing with the minds of, uh, of many Israelis, and, and everybody wants them to come back home. And there is, 
there is a discussion, there is an internal discussion, what is the best way to do it? We don't know because we've never been, we never faced such a horrendous dilemma. But uh, we know we have to uh, defeat Hamas and we know we have to release the hostages. And this is what we are doing. Um, could you clarify for us, please, uh, Mr. Moed, what Mr. Netanyahu is saying about any post-war with Hamas position his government will undertake as in Israel living side by side with Palestinians? What's the vision? So I, what, we, what Prime Minister said is that the uh, two-state solution, that actually the question was not exactly about the two-state solution, it was his political future, uh, but then he mentioned this as uh, a, a, an indirect question about the future of the Israeli-Palestinian um, coexistence. And what he said is that at this moment, since the prevalent issue is security, Israel's security, we have to make sure that, first of all, there is one state that continues to exist, which is the state of Israel. And to that, we have to add the question, what is happening on the Palestinian side? I don't think that there is any eagerness there for a two-state solution. We know that, according to polls, more than 80% support the chant from the river to the sea, which is the annihilation of the state of Israel. So what we are emphasizing is that, first and foremost, in any future solution, we have to make sure that our security is 100% guaranteed from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, this has to be guaranteed, and this is what Prime Minister has said. Yeah. Uh, many of Israel's allies in the G7 have been very, very direct about their support for Israel and their dismissal of the South African case they're bringing before the International Court of Justice. Um, I also read, and please tell me if I'm correct about this, because there's a lot of talk about relations between Israel and other regional governments. I read that, and if I understand this correctly, Saudi Arabia has not closed the door to a peace uh, arrangement with Israel even post-October the 7th. Is that correct? That's correct. The same as uh, Bahrain, uh, Morocco, uh, Jordan, Egypt, uh, UAE. These, these relationships are beyond what is going on, actually, they understand very well what we are fighting against. We are fighting against a terrorist organization that actually threatens the whole Middle East. They are supported by Iran, just like Hezbollah, and they are not only a destabilizing factor, but they create a culture of, of murder and, and, and terrorism of a magnitude that is, that is a threat to all of us, not just Israel. So our cooperation uh, continues. However, there is, of course, criticism about the number of casualties. There is a lot of concern for the fate of the Palestinians. Uh, so Jordan has been involved in uh, supporting them uh, on many ways. Uh, Egypt, of course, it borders Gaza Strip, so it's very much involved, and the others as well. But that doesn't mean that the relationship with Israel should be severed, to the contrary. In about 30 seconds, how would you describe the relationship between Israel and Canada today? Both our countries support the international rule-based system. Both countries uh, support each other in their fight for freedom and democracy. We may see things differently in the sense of how the international community, especially the United Nations and the International Court of Justice, should be an instrument in securing those values. 
if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 